This episode originally aired on October 15th, 2021 on the Unethical Patreon. Our client this week is Christy Jansen from Unethical Podcast. Go check that out. He makes his own nitro cold brew. Oh, of course you do. <laughs> I, love you. I love you so much, Rick, but Jesus oh, Christ, God, you no. are such a wanker. <laughs> Hey, Christy. How's it going? It's good to hey. see you, pal. What'd you kick in the door for? Where's the receptionist? Where, where's uh, she out there? I don't, what, 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 what receptionist? You guys don't have a receptionist here? Oh, hey, guys. Yeah. Hey, guys. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. She she went right by me. Oh. Oh. Hi. No. There, no, there was no there was no one out there. Did, did she maybe go by the closed door to the bathroom? I was. I, was... I didn't see another door. I saw the one door and I headed straight for the one door because I knew you guys would be behind well, me. Well, uh, you know what, Christy? It's good. Sorry. Like, we're just trying to get a little layer of communication between uh, myself and Celeste. She's been mean to me, really. And I'm trying to put a little bit of space. Like, if she calls, it's fine. It's just she has to talk, you know, uh-huh. before me because I was just so mm-hmm. get it mad. That's all. Right. Okay, so you're trying to. You're but you don't need it. You don't need an appointment. It's fine that you blew in. Let's do it. What did you? What did you? How's it going? Um, you know, I'm okay. Obviously, you guys know I'm from Australia. Oh. And we have this. We have this very huge case that happened down here, like 40 years ago now, but it's still. It's solved, but it's not really solved. It's one of those cases where they've kind of put a Band-Aid over it and gone, okay, this is what we reckon has happened and let's go on our merry way. But Yeah, like OJ. Yeah, pretty much. Every, every Australian around my age and the generations before me, um, I'm not telling you how old I am. You guys can figure it out. Um, She's 40. Wow, you're a fuck. <laughs> away a woman's age anyway yes i am i turned 41 this year so see i was being nice and i'm actually the, the person <laughs> the the main the actual the child in this in this story is actually would have been the same age as me she was born the same year oh, no. so every every australian has their own uh take on this story and their their own version of what they think has happened but the courts ruled that it went a certain way, but yeah, we all, we all have our own own story of what we think actually happened, happened and who and where and when. So, but I want you guys to find out what the actual truth is, because I'm, I'm sure you'll be able to. Did the baby become you? (laughs) Did we solve it before (laughs) it was even told to us what it was? And I'm taking part credit on that because I thought that. Um, well, I can tell, I can, I can fill you guys in on the story and give you some of the background facts and stuff. And then you can, you can work out for yourself. I've been making a lot of rash decisions lately. And these guys, uh, I'm getting their opinion. Like, what do you think, Rick? Should we, Christy, come on. You're not going to say no to that, right? I'm going to volley it over to RJ. (laughs) (laughs) He's so mad at you for calling him a wanker. (laughs) (laughs) Because he knows I'm right. <laughs> <laughs>
Are we suggesting we go into this one? I've not, I, yeah, I've never heard anything about this. So, Christy, come in and give us this deets, and then we'll solve it like that. Let's try that. I'm down. All right. I can do that. I'm, I've got, I, I know a fair bit about it. I've, I've researched some more because I know whenever you talk to Rick about a case, he needs to know every detail. So I've tried my best to make sure that I have everything, but I am a hundred percent sure that as I'm talking, you will find more things that I don't know. <laughs> so an elite team of private detectives. What if balloons are aliens? Like maybe that's the key component we're missing. Cover-ups. John's guilty. Mysteries that need to be solved. Maybe Mormons need mountains. Richard, shut up. Have you guys ever heard the Australian saying, the dingoes got my baby? That's an Australian saying? Is that like something on a coin? Is that somewhere in Australia? The dingo ate my baby? Yep. Everyone in Australia knows it. We know where it comes from. We know the person that said it. See, for me, that's from Seinfeld. Elaine makes Mm -hmm. fun of it. The dingo ate my baby. That's where I know it from. Just pop culture Mm -hmm. reference. I didn't know that's a real thing. It absolutely is. Okay. I'm interested now. Very interested. Yep. So that originated from the story of the, the Chamberlain family. Um, they went on a family holiday to Uluru, which was originally called Ayers Rock. So you guys probably heard about, probably seen pictures and heard of Ayers Rock, um, but it's now called, it's now called Uluru. Um, they went on a family holiday there on the 16th of August in 1980. Michael and his wife, Lindy, and their two sons, Aidan, who was seven, and Reagan, four, and nine-week-old baby, Azaria. They were camping um, at the rock with some family friends. So like I said before, before before I go on too far with the story, I'll tell you a little bit more about Uluru because Rick will want to know all the details. <laughs> okay, Uluru, okay, sorry, so, I got a question about this. Uluru is yeah. the, uh, like you said, we would all know that place. Yeah, so Ayers, Ayers Rock is a pretty famous, is a one of the most famous landmarks in Australia. It's basically dead center in the middle of Australia. And it is literally the only thing I think about when I think about Australia, like in tourism or whatever is like dudes with surfboards and six packs on beaches. The main things that we should, that are always shown in every Australian tourism video is always the Sydney opera house. I got that one. The camels on the beach in Broome in the sunset and Ayers Rock. Everything that's shown of Australia, that's, oh, and maybe like a really not, a, a really beautiful beach in Queensland because Queensland doesn't really have much to offer except for beaches and bananas. So. Okay. <laughs> um, oh, this. Okay, good. Thank you, Rick. Rick sent it to me. See, look, Research Rick. Call him Research Rick, double R. Told you. Uh, he's fucking sending me pictures on a sly like that. This is great. Yeah. I tried, I tried to share it with everybody, but you disabled sharing, so I couldn't. Uh, oh, well, no, I can fix that. Why the name change? So it was originally um, named Ayers Rock after the explorer that ex- found it. Um, it is a large sandstone rock formation in the southern part of the Northern Territory, so the bottom of the Northern Territory in Australia. It's 348 metres high. 3.6 kilometers long and 1.9 kilometers wide. 
and it would take about three and a half hours to walk around the entire rock. Um, That implies that I would do that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I read that and I was like, nah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just look I'll just look at it <laughs> in a picture um, yeah in a picture yeah. from earth <laughs> from my bed it's, in my phone <laughs> yeah um, it's about 300 kilometers southwest of Alice Springs which is um, the second the third largest town in Northern Territory after um, Darwin's the capital of Northern Territory and then there's Catherine and Alice Springs so uh, Uluru is sacred to the, I'm going to get this wrong and I'm really sorry, but the Pijantajara, Pijantatara, the Aboriginal people of the area. Pijantajara. Yeah, Pijantatara. Pijantabara. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll offend them more than you and then you don't have to feel bad. Pajantagara. It's got like four J's in it and okay. some P's and T's and it's, there's a lot of, a lot of letters happening. So it's, but I P, Pijan Titara. That's, I think that's pretty good. So that's the Aboriginal people that are from that area. And it's, uh, the name was changed back to the original Aboriginal word Uluru, which means large rock um, in Aboriginal. <laughs> um <laughs> Oh, that answers it. That's, it's uh, yeah. it's very Australian. Yeah, well, that's what we do. We we look at something and we name what we see. <laughs> that's a big yeah. fucking rock. Yeah, nice. That's good. <laughs> so it's surrounded by springs, water holes, rock caves, and lots of ancient Aboriginal artifacts and paintings, which are all um, have been heritage listed. So it's a World Heritage Site now. Yeah, the Uluru Katajutu Nat- National Park also features the Olgas, which is another really awesome rock formation. It's like, it's kind of like our Stonehenge, but not as cool. That's like different formations in like sizes and stuff. So, and they're called the Kata, the, the Aboriginal word for those are Katajutu. So that's why the park is called the Uluru Katajutu National Park now. So it's one of the most recognisable um, landmarks in Australia and has been a popular destination for tourists since the 30s. And it is also one of the most important Indigenous sites in Australia. Very, very spiritual for them. So the spirituality of this place or the religion side of it makes it kind of spook. like you're you're building up something spooky. I don't like that. You're scaring me a little bit here. Yeah, I, I think it would be quite a foreboding place actually to be at night time and like with no like light, like no artificial light and stuff around you. I think it would be pretty it's, intense it, place to be. It's cool. Yeah, I, I think the dingo eating bait or dingo eating babies. <laughs> <laughs> Baby eating of, dingoes would more lend to the dingo. I ain't scared of I'm scared of a baby that can eat a dingo. Yeah, me too, <laughs> actually. That's, yeah, uh, that would be scary. Shit. Yeah. Wouldn't want that coming out of me. Anyway. Crawls really fast. <laughs> <laughs> so I hope that was enough information on those. I'm sure if it's not, you'll you'll find your own, Rick. <laughs> oh, I think I got it. No, yeah, because he's he's always on like six steps ahead. Yeah. The questions he asks, you're not going to expect to be like, uh, at nine <laughs> weeks old, did the baby have incisor teeth? 
that's important because if it did, uh, basically what would happen? And then just in a completely different train. Okay. <laughs> I'm just, I already have it solved. I'll let, <laughs> what did yeah. you say? I already have it solved. I'll just let you finish. <laughs> I was yeah. like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was I wasn't expecting anything less so <laughs> but no that's so plenty good. of information for me uh thank you okay if, cool if my opinion right. matters <laughs> of course it does <laughs> no but I mean Ricky uh he has a higher standard so what I'm like man you know what I mean mm. like if you're gonna follow his mine doesn't really matter <laughs> <laughs> on the the day after so the 17th of August the family investigated the area and climbed the rock um, which you're no longer allowed to do they they have stopped tourists from climbing up it because obviously being sandstone it starts to crumble away quite easily and tourists were completely screwing it up so after a day of exploring family and their friends cooked their dinner in the park's barbecue area and several hours chatting with other families holiday at around 6.30pm, uh, Lindy settled Reagan, the four-year-old, and Azaria, the baby, to sleep in the tent and return to the rest of the family back at the barbecue area. So it was around 20, 25 metres away from the barbecue area. Is this legitimately like Australian Madeline McCann right now? Just put, instead of, it's like at a barbecue pit instead of like a tapas bar, like you're just leaving your kids far away. Some parents are dumb. Like, why would you do that? I think a lot of parents are dumb. Yeah. You could obviously still see it from um, from the barbecue area. Okay, so it's not as bad as Madeline McCann then. They're like no, only 25 not... meters away, which is actually a lot closer. Okay, yeah, now I'm back on board. To, like, yeah, because I wanted to find out how, obviously, how far it was because in my mind, I was like, why would you put a four-year-old and a nine-week-old in a tent and then, you know, walk another, walk two kilometers back to the barbecue area? I, it was... It was weird in my mind because I yeah. wouldn't leave a baby anyway. Some people would. <laughs> I would leave a baby. I just want to, I want to clarify. I wouldn't bring a nine week old baby on a camping trip. Oh, mate. I, yep. And it's not just a nine week old baby. There's a four year old and a seven year old, mate. That is. Yeah. Well, I would go a step further. I wouldn't have a nine week old baby in Australia. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Because Australia is a dangerous fucking place. Oh, I thought you were going to say. Oh, you thought I was about to just uh, shit on kids. No, kids are great. Yeah, but all our babies are born with with a fucking big Bowie knife and a boomerang, man. They're fine. God damn. Kangaroo that pouch. would hurt. And how did it serve? How did it serve in this case? <laughs> They're just cutting their own way out through C-section. It's time to get out. <laughs> okay, so... Around 8 p.m., one of the other women heard what she believed to be a baby crying. So Lindy walked back over to the tent and it was when she claimed to have seen a dingo coming out of the tent. Um, she cried out, my God, a dingo's got my baby. Can I do the line? Go for it. My God, a dingo's got my baby. Is that good? Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> So there are, there are literally thousands of memes, videos, merchandise that have been made using this statement and every Aussie knows it and the story behind it. It's absolutely but Merchandise. Can we, can, we get, can we get Rick to do the line? Come on, do the line. What was the line? I, I missed it. They, uh, my God. Uh, my God, a dingo's got my baby. See, you're pretty good too. Is that good? You had, a, you had a pretty good one too. 
I like the line. So we're going to, do we have to say it a couple more times? Does it come up a couple more times? Like in court, do they say it? Can I do it in court? No, it does it does. It, I'm sure they do it. I'm sure they say it in court. Okay. Yes, but... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Whenever you feel like it's necessary, feel free to say it. Okay. Okay? <laughs> okay. I'll leave that. I'll, I'll leave that up to you throughout the story. If you feel like that line is necessary, go for you're it. You're going to go, you're going to get a video from me. That's like me going to the department store and just the bang guy, my baby, just all over town. <laughs> Yes. In front of the train. Do it in front of the train. (laughs) So a dingo was in. She saw a dingo leave the fucking tent. Yes. So she claims that she saw the dingo coming out of the tent. And that is when she said, Oi, fuck, a dingo's got my fucking baby. (laughs) He made it more Australian. Australian. He made it more Australian. You should have said cunt at the end. That would have been. That cunt dingo. Beautiful. That's how she should have said it. (laughs) So now Lindy, and she initially ran in the direction of the dingo, then returned to check the tent, finding that Azaria was missing, but Reagan, the four-year-old, he was still asleep. There was blood on the floor of the tent, as well as in the baby bassinet, on the mattresses and on the entrance door, you know, entrance flap of the tent. Her husband, Michael, and their family friend began immediately searching the surrounding sand dunes. I'm just thinking if the baby did get eaten by a dingo, like, that's a fucking bad way to die. Just getting mauled by an animal. Yeah, let's linger in that moment for no reason. I know. (laughs) Let's just think about that a little bit more, shall we? Just the crunching. A guy that I know that lives up the street from me. Well, he did when I was younger, but he was a guy from the city that moved to like the country where I live and he moved to the bush, like mm-hmm. far into the bush, deep, deep enough. Right. And he just never understood that there's differences between living in the city and living in. And one of them being, you don't just throw your garbage outside. Bears will come to your house. So he'd throw oh. garbage outside his house and a bear at night fucking broke right into his fucking house. Got cornered him. He started running the bear fucking attacked him, got right on top of him. He said the bear was biting his head and he could feel the scraping of the bear scraping his head and if some other lady was driving and she was going fishing down the road and she saw the bear and she like scared him up but he was like i was alive the whole like i saw it i felt it i remember it yeah he lost his hand he fucking uh, the bear fucked oh fuck that that's uh predators that's their usually their go-to for humans is they um they go for your face like they they, uh, so a bear will bite your head dogs do it too if it did if it did take her it would have it just she was only nine weeks old yeah i know for sure yeah yeah yeah. very tender yes yeah prime (laughs) you're welcome for sharing that story with you now you can all remember it the way i do (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. i can i can hear it and i, I can feel I it i can like my my head's itchy now i'm like oh i can feel it yeah, yeah. Okay. so around around 20 minutes later Derek Groff, the ranger in charge at the time and police officer constable morris arrived at the scene a search party was quickly assembled and they searched the area all around the camp until around 3 a.m uh, tracks were found in the sand dunes east of the camp, as well as imprints in the sand that looked like something had been dragged. 
Constable Morris found similar drag marks behind the rear of the tent. And one of these tracks was followed up into the dunes to the east. An Aboriginal tracker, Nui Minichiri, stated that it looked like a, a dingo track that had been carrying a load. So a dingo not carrying anything and a dingo carrying something looks different to Aboriginal trackers, hmm. which is incredible to me because I wouldn't know the difference. Yeah. Well, couldn't that also just be a light dingo versus a heavy dingo? If it's carrying a child that's less than 10 pounds, what if it's just a differential of a dingo that's 20 versus 10 pounds? You're smarter than that. You ain't never seen a dog walk the way it walks when it's carrying something in its mouth versus how it walks when it's not. They do. They walk different. Do they? Yeah. I don't know. My dog, maybe my dog's just fucking weird. I'm not smart. I, I hate that you you are assuming that I'm smart. I'm not smarter than that. I hate that you're assuming that I'm smart. Don't worry. I'll prove it to you myself. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> How assume. dare you deny me the satisfaction? Yeah. Don't assume. Let me show you. Watch. <laughs> you ever heard of nitro cold, bro? <laughs> That's it. I'm getting the tank. <laughs> oh, he's gone. Love you. Bye. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, I couldn't help myself. All right. <clears throat> so um, that was on the 17th of August. And there was, they couldn't, there was absolutely nothing found um, in between then and the 24th of August when uh, tourist Wally Goodwin found a baby jumpsuit booties a nappy and a singlet he just found them in the dirt around the uh the, around the campsite so it wasn't directly in the campsite it was a fair way away he'd been walking so and as soon as they found these things rumors rumors began to fly mostly led by the media um so and we'll get into a, a few of those a little bit later but we'll start with what happened after that the first inquest began in February of 1981. Coroner Dennis Barrett found that Azaria had died by a dingo attack and cleared the Chamberlains of any wrongdoing. He felt that some of the police may have been against the idea of a dingo being involved and that their evidence against the Chamberlains didn't stand up. There were a lot of allegations of evidence tampering, including the handling of the clothing. That they said that when um, Wally uh, notified the police that he'd found the articles, um, he didn't touch them, didn't move them, didn't do anything because obviously he didn't want to disturb the area. But the police officer that came to the area, as soon he picked up the clothing, moved it all around, looked at it and stuff, and then put it back in place and then photographed it instead of photographing it before... He touched it. Fucking incredible how stupid they are. Australians are police officers. It's like every cop in every true crime story. <laughs> I thought you meant Australians. And then I went, oh, yeah, he means the police. But I laughed originally because I thought he meant Australians. Um, <laughs> God damn, really? No. <laughs> I was not coming for you like that, Chrissy. I know. Never would I think that. I got to solidify my favorite spot with someone. I don't know. <laughs> no, but it's, you can't. It's kind of unfair, though, RJ. Really, because like we only hear about the ones where the cops do stupid shit, but like most of the time they do normal stuff and they do really good. Like ninety yeah. percent of the time, it's just the shitty ones now. Like you, it's it highlights so much shit. 
I don't know if I want to say 90% of the time. That feels like a lot. Well, whatever. Yeah. Sorry, I uh, can you fact check it for me? Thank you. It's going to be higher percentage that they do good than fuck up is what I'm trying to say. It's still early. It's early 80s still. So like it's 81. So I'm not really um, sure about like DNA and all that sort of stuff, but I think it would probably have still been in the really early infancy of like dna testing and stuff wouldn't it in the early 80s the first case they ever used it in was oj so like yeah exactly so the policeman would have just been like oh what's this and you know but yeah they didn't the the cops didn't take very lightly to being accused of of that sort of stuff so they decided amongst themselves they were going to set to set it to rights and they adopted a cartoon dingo as their logo and called themselves operation Oka after the red dirts in up in the north as you can see in the picture okay the north of australia is um all the the pindan it's a very rich red soil so they it's not sand it's soil yeah, it's like it's, it's soil? like the soil it's it's really huh. thick and heavy it's it's beautiful and if you get it on yourself it dies you like the color oh really yeah it's, it's like really bloody cool. sand yeah, it's beautiful. Huh. So witness, witnesses that had been at the scene were questioned again and again and specifically told by police not to mention the dingo. They didn't want to hear anything about the dingo. Don't talk about it. We want to know everything else, just nothing about that. Why the fuck did they make a cartoon dingo, their mascot then? <laughs> yeah, that's pretty fucking hardcore. Seems like a weirdly tone deaf thing. Be like, We're not talking about the dingo. <laughs> Look up here at Dingy. Our- <laughs> adorable mascot don't ask about him though meanwhile the dingo's like paying off the mayor like make sure you're (laughs) it's like why are you coming for the dingo why do you give a shit like mention the dingo jesus i didn't even think about that when i wrote that i was just like oh fuck god that makes him look so stupid so crazy (laughs) yeah So in November of 1981, the Northern Territory Supreme Court in Darwin overturned the verdict of the first inquest and ordered a second one. Um, With all the new evidence, uh, Coroner Jerry Galvin didn't actually make any findings, any new findings, but he bound the Chamberlains for trial for murder. Uh, Lindy for murder and Michael as an accessory after the fact. And they were both released on $5,000 bail. Um, the trial began in Darwin on September 13th, 1982. And in October, on October 29th, eight months pregnant Lindy were charged with first degree murder and sentenced to life with no parole. And Michael was found guilty and received a three year suspended sentence. Their daughter, Kalia, was born in prison a month later. Nice. Holy shit. Nice. That's always a good story for the grandkids. I was born in jail. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I had never known that they were charged with anything even. Wow. So over the next four years, they continued to fight to prove they were innocent. Appeals, petitions, and even a committee was formed, the Innocence Committee, and they submitted applications for a review of all the evidence. Then, luckily for them, unbeknownst to him, a young English hiker by the name of David Brett would be the reason Lindy was released from prison. Unfortunately for David... They found baby in his teeth. 
Is this, oh, sorry, I forgot to ask, sorry, we went too far. So at the trial, is this when she was yelling, dear God, the dingo ate my baby? Yep. Okay. She absolutely was. was. She absolutely was. If You can see this, you can see the trials reenacted by the incomparable, the incomparable Meryl Streep in the movie Evil Angels. She plays Lindy, she plays Lindy Chamberlain and... Meryl Streep says the line. Does Meryl Streep play an Australian? She does, and she says the line. Is she Australian, though? No. Does your country find this racist? Do you guys, like, we have our own actors to play Australian people. No, I th- you, know? you know what? I think, I th- oh, I can't really speak for every Aussie, but. You should. You should be offended by this. You should be getting, like, there's Nicole Kidman's. Australian people play American people. Uh, Australian played Wolverine. And Gladiator. That's true. Mm-hmm. I guess we can take Lindy. And and as far as I'm aware, no Australian actors have actually uh, had sex with any children, unlike a lot of American. <laughs> That's a strong stance so. to take when I'm sure that you don't know that for sure. <laughs> I I don't know that for sure, but I would like to believe it for now because there's so little light in this world. He's typing Australian child actor fucker enter (laughs) (laughs) jeremy cooley born 16 august 1960 is an australian actor writer producer and convicted child sex offender yeah but is he like is he like australian actor writer producer comedian magician (laughs) because he says he's those things that's a lot of wikipedia entries i feel like your focus it didn't say he was a magician he's an actor writer producer (laughs) and child sex offender that's it that's the full list usually if you're an actor and a writer producer that kind of makes sense there's only one i know of for sure he was on a um, australian sitcom in the 80s oh all right well that's local to you guys we got all the good ones now. USA, USA, <laughs> we have the best child molesters. USA. Oh. Yeah, is the other is the other one that you know, Rolf Harris? He is an Australian entertainer whose career has encompassed work as musician, <laughs> singer, songwriter, composer, comedian, actor, painter, and television personality. Painter. And a slew of child sex. He's the wobbleboard guy. He was convicted because he was convicted because one of his daughter's friends was intimate with him. Yes. Yes. And you guys would know you guys would know him if you saw him. He's the wobbleboard guy. Tommy Kangaroo down sport. That guy. You you are vastly overestimating. I was what what do you think makes it to our continent? I mean, what the fuck? <laughs> no, uh Christy, Christy. Uh I'm hiding. Big Ricky 30 38-year-old Ricky's got your back on that one. Oh, you know him? I do know yeah. that. Yes. He also released a wobbleboard cover of Stairway to Heaven. What? Well, I'm sorry. So you're saying wobbleboard, and through context clues, I'm picking up that that is an instrument? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm so embarrassed by my country right now. <laughs> Virtual high five, like, RJ, because yeah, that means we're doing our jobs. If she's embarrassed, we're hey. doing our job. No. <laughs> Take take the W for the wobbleboard being your country's embarrassment. America has a couple other yeah. skeletons that aren't exactly shoved in the closet but right I, now. Listen to it. Listen to it. It's Rolf Harris, Stairway to Heaven. It was on the chart. It, it charted right. in Australia. <laughs> it charted. 
God damn. All right. Anyway. Hmm. Oh, I'm going on with the story because I'm just digging myself a big hole. <laughs> <laughs> it's my derailment. That's okay. Podcast. It's fine. So, yeah, um, unbeknownst to him, a young English hiker by the name of David Brett was the reason Lindy was released from prison. Unfortunately for David, he slipped and fell from the top of Uluru and died. Um, while police were searching the area for his body, they discovered a little once white baby jacket. And this jacket was, um, had been worn by Azaria on the night that she disappeared. Uh, the chief minister ordered Lindy's immediate release and she departed prison in a beautiful pink dress and big shades, picked up by a stretch limo on, the, on February the 7th, 1986. Well, now I think she did it. Most people think that the limo and the dress and the sunnies were provided by one of our um, big TV stations because um, mm. later on down the track, she did a massive expose with that um, TV channel. Mm. So they reckon they reckon gotcha. that um, they were feeding her money. It's, it's not, not proven, but anyway, I wouldn't put it past them. Oh, scummy media, of course. Yeah, that's universal. Yeah. yeah. So a judicial inquest began after Lindy was released. In May 1987, Justice Trevor Morling released a 379-page scathing document absolutely ripping the shit out of the police, stating that he, he didn't mm. understand why the police actively avoided taking the very credible accounts of the witnesses that were with the Chamberlains on the night of the disappearance. And, quote, it is extraordinary that the persons at the barbecue area at the time of and immediately after Azaria's disappearance accepted Mrs Chamberlain's story and noted nothing about her appearance and conduct, suggesting that she had suddenly killed her daughter. And then he concluded, I am far from being persuaded that Mrs Chamberlain's account of see having seen a dingo near the tent was false. And if the evidence before the commission had been given at the trial, the trial judge would have been obliged to direct the jury to acquit the Chamberlains. Mm. So, so they let her out of jail. Yes. They let the mom out of jail. And, but if you're born in jail, if you're born in jail, though, you got to stay in jail. That's kind of sad that she had to stay out away from her daughter. <laughs> she just had born in jail, stay in jail. That's the rules. I didn't make them up. Is that a Canadian thing? It's not. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> No, the baby was with Michael, <laughs> obviously. Oh. So in September of 1988, the, the Northern Territory Court of Criminal Appeals unanimously quashed all the convictions against Lindy and Michael. And then over the next couple of years, um, 1990, Lindy and Michael got divorced and they shared custody of the kids. In 1992, Lindy started touring around Australia and also America speaking, doing speaking engagements. And this is where she met her future husband, Rick Creighton. And in, at the end of 1992, they received, the family received some compensation from the Northern Territory government. No one knows how much it was, um, but Rick might be able to find out. <laughs> During the next few years. Get so, on it. Yeah, get on it, man. I feel get like we're in the... 
yeah, I feel like we're on the in the back of a van in some action movie, and we're the bad guys, and Rick's the tech guy. You're just like get uh, hack into the database. Why do we have to be the bad guys? Okay, we could be the good guys. Sorry, he's a bad guy enough in everyday life. Don't do it in fantasy. <laughs> Sorry, we could. I was just trying to be like spies trying to kill people with you let's be like let's be like national treasure right where there's really no good guy there's really no bad guy yeah. but we're all doing fucked up shit yeah i you like know? that i like that yeah wait what fucked up shit do they i guess yeah they do break the law they hack into traffic signals while they're fucking driving i mean that's a little sus still very pg for fucked up shit Unless there's like <laughs> all right well nick cage <laughs> likes to keep it pg i don't know <laughs> absolutely he does not i love nicholas cage I love him as well. Have you guys ever seen Mandy? That's just him and his natural self. He's such a shit actor, but I love him (laughs) so much. Oh, you get the fuck out of here. Fuck. I dare you. I dare you to sit down and watch 2021's Pig starring Nicolas Cage and tell me he's a bad actor. I knew knew you guys would would have a heart attack if I said that. He's great. I love him. He's amazing. That's he he is the national treasure. I want the next national treasure movie to be Nicolas Cage running around trying to stop his doppelganger, Nicolas Cage, putting a bad mark on his name. Yes. That's- no, I want. I want it to be. I want it to be two layers deep of Nicolas Cage. I want it to be Nicolas Cage running around trying to stop next Nicolas Cage who can see the future oh, from doing something. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Nicolas Cage, if if you're listening to this, don't do anything. Just stop because I don't know why the fuck you're listening to this. Because <laughs> he has Get a crazy obsession with. <laughs> The dingo ate my baby. He really wanted he really wanted Richard's beard, so he subscribed for a hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't Cole, it was Nicholas Cage. <laughs> yeah. He needs it for a role. He's uh his method acting as a guy who's addicted to eating yeah. beards. Face off two. <laughs> Face off two. <laughs> Fuck that's a good movie. I'm gonna watch that later. God, I love that film. <laughs> I like how the faces come with the height. Yeah, oh, you're right. Yeah, and, and, and the weight. And, I would say, yeah, and John Travolta's weight. Perfect. Yeah. Just amazing. I'm almost done, guys. Okay. So, 20 years later, 20 years later, on February 20th, 2012, a fourth coroner's inquest was opened by Territory Coroner Elizabeth Morris. She considered all the new evidence that had been found around dingo, ta- dingo attacks on children in that area. She concluded on June 12, 2012, that a dingo had indeed killed Azaria, giving the Chamberlains what they had always wanted. That, um, there's photos of them proudly holding up Azaria's official death certificate outside of the court. In uh, 2007, unfortunately, Michael died after a battle with leukemia. And Lindy is still alive, living in Sydney with her husband, Rick. Is her husband, Rick, a dingo? Okay, why the fuck would you take a picture of yourself outside of the fucking, with the death certificate? You have the death certificate. What, do you need a picture to prove that you had it? Like, you guys are fucked. I don't, well, I mean, I'm sure it was changed if the cause of death changed or something, I would imagine. Oh, I guess so. I had, up until then, up until 2012, they did not have an official death certificate at all. Oh, so that that was the first. I see. So right now, the the theory they ended it with you actually, the dingo actually did eat your baby. Yeah, that's what the court said. 
but mm. most Australians believe lots of other different theories. So I've written down a few of them. I'll, I'll just spew them out for you guys and then you guys can go from, go from there. So one of their sons accidentally murdered her and they covered it up, a la John Benet Ramsey. Um, Lindy was suffering from postnatal depression and couldn't cope with after the birth of the new child. And um, Lindy uh, killed Azaria because the baby was const constantly sick from birth. So she felt like she was essentially putting the baby out of her misery. Um, Michael found out that he was not the real father and couldn't stand the baby so much and made it look like an accident. Michael and Lindy were actually Seventh-day Adventists and they were deep in the Seventh-day Adventist church. Azaria had been possessed by the SDA version of the devil so they went to Uluru to exercise the demon and it went wrong. I like this one. I like this one. They went to Uluru to sacrifice her to God because it is a, it's a well-known spiritual place in Australia. And the police apparently found a Bible in their house during the raid with the section in the Old Testament about Abraham sacrificing his son underlined and highlighted. Yeah, but you normally you normally sacrifice the first child, the firstborn child. So why would they sacrifice the most recent born? She was the she was the only girl. They had two sons. She was the only daughter. They also they also liked the other ones mm. more. There's preferences. And the last one is that she was actually killed by the dingo that was the pet of the ranger of the park, and he covered it up to save his dog from being killed. <laughs> So there was a dingo like paying off the mayor, but it's his buddy. Like, yeah. don't don't send me the pound. I promise I won't kill any more kids. <laughs> so my my favorite is the sacri the sacrifice. They've taken her to the the sacred rock in Australia. And okay, wait, and can I get this clear? So mm -hmm. mom accidentally killed baby. That's mm -hmm. one. Yep. Other child accidentally killed other baby. So dad killed baby. That's the third one. Yeah. And then the, the last two are the, well, the, the other two are the religious ones. So they Satan God. were trying to, they were trying to exercise the demon and it went wrong or they sacrificed her to God. And then the dingo, <laughs> the pet dingo. Well, I'll start for, I got a couple things to say. So let's start with the first one do you, the the siblings i don't think so i don't think the siblings killed them it's mm. not uh just i doubt it i don't think kids have it in them it would be a super accident it would be weird it would be different i don't i don't think it doesn't feel like that maybe it is no what do you guys think it's not it's not the kids for sure nah. no definitely not the kids yeah mm -mm. and then the mom or dad um, I think if anything, it's probably more likely to be an accidental killing by the parents or some sort of weird fucking ritual. It, I don't know. I, the problem is if you're going to claim religion to an extreme, you have to find some sort of proof to back that up. Unfortunately, a Bible where something might be marked doesn't really back that up because there could be a fuck ton of markings in a Bible, mm -hmm. right? For whatever reason. Yeah. So to me, that's not any sort of evidence that's just thrown out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, unless you find like 
the the same scripture scribbled into the bathroom mirror and fucking lipstick then what the who fucking cares it's the same you know what i mean like it's not yeah that's very circumstantial unless it's like very common like it's at the crime scene and it's all over the place then okay maybe your bible shit makes sense but okay okay so that's where you're at what do you think rj what do you got you got something fucking crazy i can already see it in your crazy little face why would you say that because because <laughs> predator came out of your mouth last what, episode and how is that anything less than a, than a very tangible and believable theory it was absolutely, <laughs> absolutely predator you're right there's a I've reason, seen, there's they've, a reason made, the they've made five documentaries about predators okay that's true i've seen every single one of them a couple of them i'm dubious about because they, they had aliens in them and i don't yeah. believe in those but is it um, predator an alien though? I thought predator was an alien. Uh, yeah, the title is really fucking stupid. It really should just be aliens versus aliens. Mm. <laughs> or just aliens. Yeah. <laughs> that that too. Yep. <laughs> also a very good movie by itself. Um, was is her husband Rick a dingo or not? I mean, that was my original question. Because if he is, <laughs> case closed. I'm this unsure. was the long con. I'm unsure, and I haven't seen any pictures of him. So if we have a look, we might. Well, without seeing any pictures, uh, then we have to assume he's a dingo. So uh, at some point, he probably put on a blazer and a mustache. He could be a lichen. Lichen? Yeah. Like, I love werewolves. So hopefully that would be cool. Yeah. A were dingo? Oh, maybe that's what it was. Yeah, it could be a were dingo. Maybe there's like this, like, super scary like aboriginal spirit that's actually like a is a were dingo and that sounds racist chrissy it's not it's i'm not being racist they've got Nobody they thinks. have they have amazing creatures in um aboriginal um Aboriginal law, L O R. Yeah, no, uh, Amer- American Indians uh, have a lot of uh, our our indigenous people um, have uh, they have like Wendigo and uh, mm. and and skinwalkers and shit. So yeah. it's interesting. We're also divided on this. We're also divided because what what do you uh, like? I'm saying honestly, I think it's a fucking dingo. I think a dingo did it. I think it makes the most sense. I think the I, I think the I think a dingo is- makes the least sense. Looking at, looking at images of the jumpsuit, it makes no sense. So like, let's say that um, that the predator would go after the head first and take it off, right? So that makes sense that there's blood around the jumpsuit, mm-hmm. but the to get to the rest of the body, which was missing, a dingo can't strategically undo the, the arms of the jumper right mm-hmm. so to pull it out it would require ripping of the arms mm-hmm. to actually take it out and that didn't happen which the means that it has to be completely whole yeah it has to be some sort of human the baby was wearing a onesie to... and people that have kids know how fucking hard yeah. onesies are there's no way a dingo without opposable thumbs would be able to undo that thing so he was a dingo when he grabbed it, switched to his, his human version to undo the onesie, there we go. back to dingo to finish it. There we go. It's like, you know, you got to untake the wrapper off and then it's like, okay, now we're getting back in dog mode. 100% town. What if it's this? And correct me because I haven't seen the jumpsuit. So maybe I should look at the jumpsuit before I say this. Maybe the dingo grabbed the baby, ran to his master, Dan, or whatever the fuck his name is. He went, you just killed a fucking baby took the goddamn baby out of the thing, said, well, you might as well eat the rest of that now, dingo boy, or got rid of the fucking whatever, however that happened. And uh, 
took the thing off and put it up there later on when everyone thought I can it was somebody hear else the wedding go. Can you hear That's the my wedding? Cat, yeah. <laughs> as well, yeah. Smoke a man, shut up. But I mean, is that a possibility or am I just talking shit right now? Is that a possibility that the dingo, like the pet dingo brought it to his master I, and master went, oh shit, you fucking little bastard. Okay, speaking as someone who owns a dog with uh, supposed dingo lineage, um, <laughs> which is part Australian shepherd okay. uh, or uh, cattle dog, Australian cattle dog. Um, if my dog brought me a baby... <laughs> I would probably not unwrap it for it. I would, if especially if I was going to try to cover up what happened, I'm not going to take the time to undress a baby to no, that's not, I don't, I mean, maybe this park ranger is different. Maybe he just wasn't sure it was a baby. Like, <laughs> had to, had to get all the clothes off to figure that one out. But that's, I don't find that. That seems like a leap. Is there anything else about this guy? Like, is he, is there like a string of lost children around that area at that time? And uh, he's always coming out, like at the end of an investigation, like don't know where they went. You mean the, <laughs> the park ranger or the were dingo? <laughs> they're one of the same. Haven't you figured this ah, out? Yet? <laughs> okay. Gotcha. So he that's was the dingo. That's but right. I mean, that all adds uh, up. So that's then. not there. So it must be one of the parents then. And then that's like, I have a hard time believing fucking parents could do that to their kids. Mm. I get it. I do. I understand that it happens and I understand all that stuff. It's just like to put myself there and figure out like I couldn't be that mad. I couldn't be that. Yeah, like, I don't know. It hurts my feelings to go there. So I don't know which one I'd have to think about it. Yeah. It's easier thinking that a weird dingo did it than a, than a parent. No, I know for sure. It's more likely the dad men are more rageful. But actually women kill their babies more though. The problem yeah. is the body was never found. Right. I mean, I know that the one of the theories is that um, the wife used the scissors and slit her throat, right? And women are more likely to use knives and, and objects like that. So I think that makes the most sense. But there's nothing that spe mm -hmm. specific. Did you say sexist? Sexist. There's nothing that specifically points yeah. to it. So I think I'm cur I'm currently between two camps. It's like either they were like some radical religious and they did something weird, or it was accidental death and they tried to cover it up this way right like i accidentally dropped my baby and now i'm a manic mother and i'm going to just say it was eaten by a dingo and meanwhile i'm just going to throw her body in the middle of nowhere and then it does eventually get eaten by a dingo but that was not the cause of death right yeah well um and i'm willing to air with you on that because it is fucking weird to bring a nine-week-old baby camping man mm-hmm is that's so fucking weird nobody so it, does that it, it could be a religious thing too then but i like that's so far-fetched to me like i don't i feel like that's a movie thing we, they're, they're, come on baby's getting sacrificed that's that'd be we'd find that out you, there's no way you couldn't find that out maybe they just have women to yeah. breed babies to have sacrifices with like how does that work there'd be babies missing all the fucking time I don't uh, well yeah but a baby has to be registered to be missing so for all we know there are a lot of babies that are missing all the time that's true. That QAnon would say that. Listen, I can't both be the man and QAnon. You got to pick a side, man. <laughs> <laughs> QAnon is the man. It's all fucking. It's all the same, bro. This is all a simulation. Man. In one reality, QAnon is the man. And in this reality, the man is QAnon. Oh. Since we're so divided, though, on this whole thing, and I. Is there any like bending towards to help Christy out on this, boys? Like, I know you're going where dingo and I know you're going religious or mom. You said 
Mm. Gets? Yeah, that's what Rick said. I was about to ask Abigail. Abigail has to be the weighing in vote on this thing. She sat there and listened to this whole thing instead of listen, picking up the ringing phone and kicking up the meowing cat. Yeah, All right, what, Celeste what, has been calling for hours and she's. What <laughs> 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 one more one more thought before we move on, though. What if, what if it's a blend of all of it? OK, why not a religious sacrifice to a where dingo yep. committed by the parents? There's there's that. there's always that. There Have we, we thrown aliens in this yet? Abigail, Let's you got you to be the one to to crush this tiebreaker. I the whole onesie things got me thrown. Yeah, I agree that bringing a nine week old camping is a bit odd. Mm-hmm. It's like the was it Josh Powell that took his kids out camping at midnight? Midnight in the snow. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, come on. Yes. Yeah, it's a very yeah, come on. And postpartum is is real. Maybe mm. she felt overwhelmed. Yeah, I guess she's only nine months in. I didn't even think of that. And and Abigail, what else is real? Oh, where dingoes. dingoes. Yes, where dingoes are Thank real. You. That that is a, a legitimate possibility as well. Thank you. See, I told you guys, I told you guys Abigail would work out. Now you can say the line again, Richard, but you just change it a little bit. So instead of just a dingo. Dear God, the where dingo stole my baby. Solved. <laughs> you gonna go back to the Australians for us with that? Yeah, they'll like, love it. Put a they'll stamp love on it. it. They'll love that theory. Hey, well, you're representing all of the Australians in it. Are you gonna pick up that fucking phone, Abigail? Hey, man, <laughs> you're not fucking paying me. Yeah, you owe us money. We solved that crime for you. God, everyone's so ungrateful for our wicked crime solving skills. I get it when I get it. Okay, well. <laughs> told yourself. You only have nine more weeks of endangered servitude. Then you can go off okay. to your life again. Okay. It's not that much. <laughs> for one more crime. That's not that bad. Um I just watched Private Dicks and I think RJ's the funniest. What? Come on! Hey there, all you private dickheads. That's probably not the name we're gonna stick with. Anyways, uh, RJ here. I am here to tell you thank you for listening to another episode of Private Dicks. If you liked what you heard, go on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere they take your reviews, drop us five stars, say something nice. Also, what you just heard was from last season. If you want current episodes as they're dropped, head on over to patreon.com and search up Unethical Podcast. That's our mother podcast. I was not aware Private Dicks was a spinoff. I'm going to renegotiate my contract. On Patreon is a full 16-episode season more of Private Dicks, uncut videos of each episode, and many more things are getting added all the time. You can also find all of Unethical's content on there, so go listen to that. And... If you're already a patron, fuck yeah, dude. You're the best. The promo we're playing today is from a podcast called Feel Bad Town by Cliff Myers. Good stand-up comedian, good friend of mine. You should check out the show. He's just doing interviews with interesting people. And it's a, f- it's a blast. 
So go check that out. You're going to love it. Here's a little clip from the show. The majority of the pandemic I spent in Las Vegas helping a friend of mine, a comedian friend of mine, Carl LeBeau, who's one of the greatest comedians that ever lived. Uh, one of the most powerful comedians. Any comic who ever saw him was like, that's, that's one of the best performances I've ever seen in my life. And he was fighting cancer. Um, so I was uh, spending time with him in Vegas on the last year that he was alive. And I say that it's perfect timing because today is the one year anniversary of when he passed. And, oh, wow. Um, and Carl was, had this incredible story, um, which uh, he went to an open mic in Houston signed up for an open mic on the same night that he signs up for his first open mic is the same night that Sam Kinison signs up for his first open mic is the same night that Bill Hicks signs up for his first open wow. mic. Wow. And the three of them sign up for open mic for the first time at the same place. Carl and Sam are the only two guys wearing suits. So they kind of gravitate towards each other like, oh man, you're wearing a suit. And Sam's like, oh, I grew up a uh, you know, in the church and, you know, and, and wait, Kinnison started off wearing suits. Yeah. Started off wearing suits. I and, didn't know that. That's and, cool. And Carl also grew up in, uh, in the ministry. So he's like, Oh man, me too. That's why I wear. Oh. So they developed this friendship and over time they decided to go to Hollywood together and they make a pact on the way over to Los Angeles. If one of us makes it, we're taking the other one with us. And Sam stuck to his word. Sam had uh, um, got famous and brought Carl along for that entire ride, uh, theaters and arenas. He brought Carl as his main support act wow. for all those shows. And they partied and it was crazy. Carl fell in love with a, a woman who was a little crazy and um, they got married, they had a kid. And, um, and then Sam tragically dies in this car accident. Carl is directly behind Sam's car. So he gets out oh. to try to help Sam and Sam lays down in, in Carl's arms and has a conversation that Carl is like, I'm right here, buddy. And, but Sam's talking to somebody else and saying, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. Oh, oh, okay. Okay. And then he closed his eyes and he said he just felt his soul pass through him. And so he goes through this crazy experience and then he starts going through an ugly divorce with his wife and his wife oh, is just man. coming after him for, uh, for huge child support payments. And he finally calls the ex up and says, I, I am begging you to help me because these child support payments are set at an income that I'm no longer at. This, this is, these child support payments are based on a time when I was performing in arenas and I can't even get into a comedy club right now. Oh, I'm begging man. you to help me. And his ex started crying and she said, I'm sorry. And he said, what are you sorry for? And she said, she's not yours. She's oh. Sam's. Ooh. And he finds out a year or two or a couple years after his friend has passed away that his best friend not only was having an affair with his wife, but his best friend had fathered the child that he was raising as his own. 